0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for June 25th is 1 Kings, chapter 15, verses one through 24, and 2 Chronicles, chapters 13 through 16. We see King Abijah take over for his father, Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam was Solomon's son, And so Abijah is Solomon's grandson, David's great-grandson. He's king of Judah. Remember, the kingdom is divided at this point. And Judah, or the southern kingdom, goes to war against Israel, the northern kingdom. The northern ten tribes versus Judah. And I guess I should say it's really Israel going to war against Judah, not the other way around. And Even though Abijah is not a righteous man, he only gets to be king for three years because of his sin, his kingdom is not established, but he gives this moving speech in chapter 13 of 2 Chronicles, and he doesn't exactly tell the truth, it doesn't seem. It seems like he twists history a little bit in order to make his case but the crux of what he is saying is true israel the northern tribes wandered away from the truth and for the most part the southern kingdom judah was trying to do things the right way now the kings were wicked in some ways but at least they had levites for priests They were doing lots of things wrong. They were incorporating Baal worship and other foreign gods, but at least they were offering sacrifices in the temple as God had prescribed. And so Abijah gives this speech in which he basically lays it out against Israel and says, you guys have wandered, you've abandoned God. And therefore, we come to you and we come out against you in the name of God. It says in verse 10, As for us, Yahweh is our God. We've not abandoned him. The priests ministering to Yahweh are descendants of Aaron. The Levites serve at their tasks. And he warns the Israelites, Don't fight against Yahweh, God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed he warns them, you can't beat God. It doesn't matter how strong your army is or how many fighting men you have or how well-trained they are. Well, right after this speech, they realize the tribe of Judah, the southern kingdom, realizes that they've been ambushed. They're surrounded on both sides by the Israeli army. Judah turned in verse 14, discovered that the battle was in front of them and behind them, so they cried out to Yahweh. The priests blew the trumpets. The men of Judah raised the battle cry. When the men of Judah raised the battle cry, God routed Jeroboam. Jeroboam was king over the northern tribes, over Israel, the northern kingdom. Israelites fled before Judah. God handed them over to them. It shows the power of crying out to God, recognizing our need for him because we cannot trust in ourselves, in our resources. We have to learn that we can only trust in God. Just like with Gideon and he defeated tens of thousands with a small army of 300 because it wasn't Gideon who won. It was Yahweh. It was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In chapter 14, we see Asa take over the throne, the southern throne, the throne of Judah. And Asa is a righteous king. It says that he's wholeheartedly following after Yahweh. And God gives peace to the land for quite some time. But then even in the end of his days, Asa begins to fall away. He begins to trust in his resources, his army, his gold and his silver, and even his own wisdom. And it's sad to watch, but it's a warning because even the most righteous among us are susceptible to falling away, to sinning, and then refusing to humble ourselves when it's pointed out to us, as Asa did. So Asa had an army of 300,000, it says, in chapter 14, verse eight. And then Zerah the Cushite came against him with an army of one million and 300 chariots. So it was a three to one plus the chariots in favor of the Cushites against Asa, king of Judah. Asa cried out in verse 11, 1411. He cried out to Yahweh as God, Yahweh, there's no one besides you to help the mighty and the weak. Help us, Yahweh our God, for we depend on you. In your name we have come out against this large army Yahweh, you are our God. Don't let a mere mortal hinder you or keep you from having what you want. So Yahweh routed the Cushites before Asa and before Judah again. And then there's this spiritual revival under Asa's leadership. The Spirit of God in 15, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, a pre, a prophet. He went out to meet Asa and he said, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, hear me. Yahweh is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Verse eight, when Asa heard these words, he took courage and he removed the abhorrent Idols and he began cleaning up the land. A timely and accurate prophetic word will encourage people to do good works. We, as his people, Paul says in Corinthians, we should prophesy, we should prophesy more and more. We should all prophesy. You don't have to be a prophet to hear God's heart and relay it. And prophecy should always be for building others up. So King Asa went on a rant, a tear, and he did great things. He removed the idols. He even removed his own grandmother who had done some disgusting things and took down the idols that she had formed. And then when he's Faced with another battle, Asa later, after he's been king for 36 years, King Baasha went to war against him and started building up Ramah and doing these different things, trying to barricade the borders going into Judah. And so Asa took it into his own hands. He didn't pray But he sent gold and silver to King Ben-Hadad, created a treaty with a foreign king, and basically asked this foreign king to come and rescue him. And it worked, the foreign king did it. And then we're told the seer could be a prophet, someone who was able to see what was happening in the spirit realm, came to Asa and told him, had you depended on Yahweh, you would have done better. And there's this famous verse, sixteen nine: for the eyes of Yahweh roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. You've been foolish in this matter and now you'll have wars from here forward. Esau was enraged. He didn't humble himself. And then we're told he died a slow, painful death. And even in his sickness, he refused to ask God, inquire of Yahweh, what was going on with his feet, what had caused this sickness, and how it could be healed. He trusted only in the wisdom of the world. And then he died. He was a great king for the first 30 plus years, but he became fixed upon the wisdom of this world and solving his own problems rather than seeking God. My friends, we are never so mature that we don't need God any longer. And I pray that you and I alike would look at the story of King Asa and say he could have finished well, but we're gonna learn from his mistakes and we ourselves will finish well for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow.